0: No obligations, a free chat just by mentioning Unfiltered. Galaxyfinance.com.au is where you can find them. The great ones, they're different. They really are. Not better, just different. Sure, there's a physical power, a mental strength, a complex but resolute constitution too – There's a whole lot more than just the measurables. That's something else, that intangible. It separates us from them. Welcome to the Legends series on Andy Raymond Unfiltered. It's been said that the really tough ones, they don't need to act it. They are it. That just about sums up this guy. As tough as they come yet, so quietly humble. And magnetically engaging, but who is Ruben Wiki?
1: Who was Ruben Wiki? Ruben Wiki, South Auckland boy, born and raised in Otara. Um, come full circle, my gym's back in Otara, like at the age of 48. So it's as a wild trip. And always played rugby league and. At a young age, from five five years old to present day, still mm. just hanging in there. Okay. Um, my club was Alltar o- 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 Scorpions, and then I went to Arohoo uh, Leopards when I became a teenager. And that uh, that club there produced uh, a lot of legends, and Mark Graham, Jim McGann, uh, Richie Barnett, uh, Tawad Mikau, uh Richie Blackmore. The list goes on. And then um got an opportunity to go to Canberra in 1993. So I took up the opportunity to uh, go for a two-year stint and see what happens. And the rest is history.
0: <laughs> Born in 1973, you mentioned Otara. Uh, on this side of the ditch... We heard stories that if you grew up in South Auckland, you either learned how to fight or learned how to run fast. Any truth to that as a young kid?
1: Well, I did start as a winger, mate. (laughs) (laughs) And then I'm at front row. So, yeah, both of those kind of fall into terms of uh, South Auckland. But I think um, survival mode is is the right answer for for that question, mate. And uh, solo mum. Mum raised three siblings, three kids on on her own. You know, um, mum and dad kind of split when I was young, and mum took the took the reins and uh, was working two jobs day and and day and night. So I grew up pretty quick at at a young age and um, matured a lot quicker to assist with my mum. I left school when I was fifteen, went to go work uh, just to help pay the bills, help her out. And I think you know the opportunity to. go over to Canberra and try my luck, was, you know, just trying to pay it, it forward and mm. you know, give back to mum and what she sacrificed for us as um, as a solo mum.
0: You'd start in Canberra in 93. In 94, the movie Once Were Warriors Hit the Cinemas. It was based in South Auckland. <laughs> it was shot in Otara. You were in your second year of first grade. Uh, was the movie an accurate representation of what you remembered as your home city and its people or... Or was it sad in the fact that it made the city look troubled to a point? I guess.
1: I think. I think with that movie, Eddie was. Uh, it happens ever everywhere in the world, and like for us, it's it's real. It's like it was an everyday thing, and some families grew up with that. So some families, you know, involved in gangs. As soon as you're born, you you get you know you get your tag. So it's mm. like um, I think. Do we follow the same path or do we change change it and make our own path you know so we saw you know we saw a lot of it every day and i think it was just trying to be our own person and uh, make our own own legacy and don't follow the path but it, it did make us stronger and who we are today and part of our identity is you know surviving and a very sad movie that was portrayed, but it is it is real and it's not just Polynesian movies. it happens to everyone, you know. So, it's I think it was an eye opener for everyone that watched it. And I think um, when I showed the movie to the boys, they were, and that's why I got my freaking nickname because I had the same haircut. I said, Mate, I cook my own eggs, mate. <laughs> I cook my freaking own eggs here. Yeah?
0: In speaking to David Ferner, he said, uh, Yeah, there was some irony there. Uh, you were known as Demus, but DeMuss was actually in reference to muscles and power and
1: certainly <laughs> not Jake Heckey. <laughs> oh, that's what Fernsey said, but I'm not going to argue with Fernsey.
0: So how, why and who? The opportunity to come to Australia and the Raiders. How did it unfold?
1: Uh, Pacific Cup 1992, I was playing for the New Zealand Moldies. There was a few scouts that came over from Australia. So uh, representing Canberra was being uh, Lance and Tim Sheens. Wow. Um, they came over looking for some players. And uh, there was a whole cattle of raw talent. Yeah. That was In that competition, you know, um, Tricky Trindle was playing for the Indigenous. He got picked up. Uh, Steve Kearney, uh, Johnny Lomax, noan and Druku, Sean Hoppy, uh, myself, so you know the list the list goes on, mate, and you know everyone kind of ventured to a different club to try their luck in the um, Winfield Cup. Uh, so we got the opportunity to meet Tim Sheens and Dean Lance and have a chat and to see if I was uh, keen to go over and play with the club that I love to watch, you know, because of Mel as yeah. well. So. And to get that opportunity, it was like, man, I, I've got to take this opportunity. But it was really hard to get this across the line with my mother. Because, mm. you know, I'm the older sibling and, you know, leaving the nest. But uh, convinced her, you know, it was the right decision for me to grow as as a rugby league player and, and as a person. And, you know, I took my girlfriend with me at that time, who is now my wife. So <laughs> we're still going strong. And... Um, yeah, I just, you know, she, she gave up her military. Uh, she, she was in the Army as a military police, so she put that on hold for a couple of years. I said, oh, you can come back and, um, you know, carry on your career. Because I'm not sure how it's going to work, but then kind of stayed on a little bit longer, eh? <laughs> yeah,
0: just a, just a little bit longer.
1: <laughs> just a little bit longer.
0: Hello, legends. I hope you're enjoying this edition of Andy Raymond Unfiltered. Would you like to be part of our team? Our sponsorship packages are ready to go. From scripted ads to website placement and social media promotions, personal appearances, voice recordings and more, the opportunities are limited only by your imagination. You set the terms. Unfiltered is reaching hundreds of thousands of potential clients every single week and we cater to businesses both big and small. We'll work with you to guarantee you get exactly what you want, how you want, and when you want. If you're interested, go to our website and hit the sponsorship tab at andyraymondunfiltered.com.au. Now back to the interview. From South Auckland to Canberra, what were your first impressions of living in Australia?
1: Oh, I think it was more just the excitement of meeting Mel Meninga. You know, I watched the, uh, the grand final in 89 when the Tigers and when the Raiders played. Um, yeah, it was, I've bit of the memories, man. This guy's this massive islander doing the damage out there. And I said, man, I used to like personate him, have the arm guards when I was playing young, young grades. And just try to be like Mel, you know. And um, when you get the opportunity to actually meet him, well, wow, we just, you know, we just kind of clicked. And, you know, he was like an older brother because mm. he's, you know, Solomon Islander, Polynesian background. And then we had Johnny and Q and, and the other boys. So it just made it a lot easier to um, just kind of do your, do your business, you know.
0: You mentioned Johnny and Q and we speak of John Lomax and the, the late, great Quentin Pongia. Two wonderful players, two wonderful men and tough for a young polynesian boy were they the ones that you looked up to for for guidance for security
1: for leadership well those two gentlemen that are you know johnny and q uh, andy is the reason why i played like i did mm-hmm. and I, uh, you know give them full credit the way they trained you know they were trying to like take guys heads off their training yeah. and and if this was the way to survive in the game, I had to portray the same kind of uh, approach. And you know, Quinton always say you train the same way you would play. Mm. And I took that as gospel. And you know, so every time we train, we we were there to draw blood, yeah, so to speak. You mentioned
0: Mal, who I've spoken to in the last couple of days, your former teammate, your former captain. He tells me the story of Tim Sheens going to the first graders at the Raiders and telling them to get to the ground early and watch this young, tough Kiwi kid in the lower grades. He said, because he'll be playing with you soon. So all the first graders turn up only for you to be sent off for a high shot a few minutes into the game. You almost ruined Sheens's reputation in one afternoon. <laughs>
1: Oh, my gosh. Yeah, Leichhardt Oval <laughs> he played the Tigers. So, oh, my gosh. Yeah, no, he, uh, he, he'd tell the story that, you know, bring bring the boys, uh, get the boys early to the Leichhardt Oval, watch this young buck run around. Imagine Maguire was my other center partner. There you go. And, uh, in the 21s, and it was so funny, man. But, uh, yeah, only lasted 10 minutes. Um, it wasn't even high. It was kind of borderline. Shoulder, yeah. kind of uppish. But um, yeah, yeah, got a bit of stick for that. But uh, my first it was my first trip to Phillips Street. And, and I, it became a, a frequent uh, visit every year. If I do my stats right, yeah. So I had a good little sabbatical every, once a year.
0: There we go. I don't think we as the general public get to know coaches on a personal level. Those that do, and we're both fortunate enough to know Tim Sheens, we we know what a wonderful coach he is, but we also realise what a wonderful man he is. Gee, yeah. there's a good mentor for a young bloke in a new oh. country trying to
1: establish himself. Mate, he, he would, you know, the advice he gave, you know, and I, I had uh, other coaches there too. Craig, Bally was, Craig Bellamy was my 21s coach. Wow. Ballyak was my 21s coach. Dean Lance was my reserve grade coach, and yeah, Tim Sheens, so... Legends of the um, of the Raiders yeah. and icons, you know. So, um piece of advice that sticks in my head, Andy, from Tim Sheens was, you know, he spoke to me and Santa about finding friends outside the bubble. Yeah. So making friends outside the circles, not not just like focusing on hanging around with the big big dogs. Mm. Or every time, you know, because you you you're with them from Monday to Saturday. Yeah. So, you need someone, some people outside the circle. So, I lived in Queanbeyan, which is you know the borderline of New South Wales. Mm-hmm. So, we stayed there, and it was you know, there's a lot of Polynesians there. So, we we found the community, and um, they kept me humble every Sunday, cover sessions, gave me some advice on what to, what to do with my game and improve for the next game. So, you know, they kept me grounded and um, keep, you know, kept me learning the trade of the, of the the game that we love, you know.
0: Let's wind the clock back, mate, to Sunday, June 13, 1993. It was your debut day. You were off the bench in Canberra against South Sydney. What a football side that was for uh, the Raiders. What stands out from the day, Rubes?
1: Uh, oh, geez. I, I think it was the nerves, mate. Uh, like, for me, every game, like, growing up, always traditionally go to the toilet five times because i'm just shitting myself wow and just trying to visualise the game in my head what i'm going to do
0: this episode is brought to you by our wonderful sponsors galaxy finance sponsors and personal friends that i trust that i trust enough to go to with questions about my own finances that's not a sales pitch No obligations, a free chat just by mentioning Unfiltered. Galaxyfinance.com.au is where you can find them.
1: So everyone always talks about visualising the game and then getting into those uh, situations in the game. So I think mine was visualising getting the ball off Mel Meninga and scoring a try, yeah, you know, and that happened. So <laughs> it's like, yo, I just gotta, I just gotta let's try assist from the big man himself. Yeah. So, you know, scoring the first try and just being in the uh, the presence of you know gods and the game that that I love and um, learning the trade. You know, this we go through the list, mate. Wow, well, it's like crazy. You know, you got sticky laws. Freaking out. <laughs> What do you do? But and uh, you know, yeah. they're perfectionists, mate. They're perfectionists and um your your dummy your dummy half pass is gonna be on the money. Um got the you gotta run the right hole. So and they'll tell you if you are yeah. not short, which is you know, like sticky was freaking giving it to me. I was like he was brutal, man. wasn't he? Oh, you need to back up, man. I'm gonna knock you up, bro. Yeah. That's that's in my mind, you know. And I was like, Well, you know, they're just trying to make you yeah. better. You know, and it's that's um Polynesian reaction. I was like, no one, don't talk to me like that again. <laughs> <laughs> but, it, and that's, and that's what I got used to with, you know, the likes of playing at that elite level yeah. with those, with those gentlemen. It's not a personal attack. It's to make you a better, pers- a better player.
0: You'd play three games in 93, two from the bench, one starting on the wing. The wing, Reuben, the wing. Do you remember those days?
1: Oh, my gosh. It was me and Kenny Nagus in the wing, mate. in That's Newcastle, right. I think it was. So it was the first time. As I hopefully they kicked a chicker. Because, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, man, it was down in Newcastle. Sharks, man. Everything going against us and uh, good experience, you know, and just love the, um, the occasion, just soaking it up trying to learn learn new things, new position. Mm. And at that level, they're expecting nothing but you know, 100%. So I survived. We didn't win, but, um, yeah, it was a, it was an experience made and being up in Newcastle, whew, freaking hell.
0: You'd established yourself as a centre that following off-season and I think I'm right in saying You played every game for the Raiders that following year, 94. Very good teacher in the centres and a pretty handy centre partner. That bloke called Meninga, he went okay, didn't
1: he? He went all right, mate, eh? Yeah. Yeah, he went all right.
0: (laughs) What were you able to learn about centre play off a guy like that? Because he is a teacher as well.
1: I think it was more taking in the uh, having your eyes up, reading the play, shorter numbers because that's, that's the ability that Mal had. Mm. And, you know, I, I knew the ball was never going to come dominantly my way because, you know, they're always going to go sticky. Loza, Loza mm. Malmanica, Malin's at the back to Nunjuku. So me and Clyde, we were just doing all the tackling on the other side, mate, just keeping it, keeping it real, you know. So uh, when we get our opportunities, you know, we, we did we our did it. But, um, yeah, he was always trying to, you know, critique, Critique my game, always ask questions, we look at videos, you know, Tim Sheen's back in those days, we'll record our games and dissect it for each individual to go over it one-on-one with you, yep. you know, to improve your game. And then you can hear him on, on, the, uh, on the videotape, oh, Ruben, you should have run this line, you know, this is Tim Sheen, run this line. And this, you know, you would have uh, got a quick play of the ball here, yeah. stuff like that. I so, say and like with our tackle tech or you you're probably going too high again and some you know, Ruben. So, you know, that was like well, everyone, like all the players, videotaped, cut yeah. up. So he took that time. That was those the one percent is to make us a better player. Mm. And as a team collectively, that year was uh you know, showed, you know, with it did improve us every game. And, you know, we lost that game, two game, Oh, sorry. That one game against the Doggies in the, in the finals. But um we were getting pretty gutted and came back and took it out. What
0: a year 94 was. Ferner it is now. Gets the pass away. It's a daily that capitalises. Runs through the gap. Over the...
1: The grand final, what stands out from grand final day? For me, young bloke, first time, Eddie, it's, it was just another final for me. We yep. had heaps of finals in in Auckland at younger ages and we just ha- you know, have a good time and a few drinks and that's it. But in the in the Winfield Cup, it's, an, it's another level. You know? I was wondering why all these guys were crying and I said, ah, it's just another win. <laughs> but it, did, it didn't hit me until years later. Yeah. that it's very rare you get to win one of these, you know. So to win one of these with that team and to see Mel off on a, a great note and the, the player he is was was special, you know. I, I recap it um, later in life and I said, man, I was, I was part of that. Mm-hmm.
0: I'll ask you if this was the best team you played in because the truth is it could be one of the best teams ever assembled in rugby league history
1: well we can we keep we we keep talking about it at the gym you know we look at the uh the one to seventeen and like I had to pinch myself sometimes that, mm. you know i was I was actually one of those uh, numbers and then i look <laughs> then I look through it like visually and I see far up very you know and the team that Tim assembled, he assembled that team from all walks of life, from yep. Queensland, from New Zealand, from Fiji, you name it. This is his team. He's he put together and did something amazing. And I still keep in touch with all the boys and as as much as I can. And um, I think it's it's true to say when you win a final, the connection with that mm. group is. You know, forever. You know, and I—I I feel that's true. And we got our own little messenger on um, with all the boys, and yeah. we keep in touch. You know, Toots and Mallows and Hetherow, and ah, yeah. And it, it, every time we go to Newcastle or Sydney, we try—we try to catch up as much as we can. Um Always catch up with Mel around Queensland time. who sends me gears. He <laughs> said, "Hey, you send me some gears, brother." Yes, yeah. <laughs> you know. We're big fans of Queenslanders down here, so down, so we uh, the connect. Yeah, can't explain it if you haven't won one. So yeah, when you've won one, only ones can know that uh, connection is the ones that actually been in the in the grand final.
0: Not long after the grand final, another huge moment in your professional life. You'd represent New Zealand for the first time. It was in the tiny town of Goraka in Papua New Guinea, the middle of nowhere, really. Can you describe the experience, the pride, and the memories from that day in wearing your country's colours for the first time?
1: Oh man, it was it was they're they're like full on Leagues and and PNG, you know, yeah. and Canberra Raiders, you know, it, like anyone who played for the in the Winfield Cup, they just love them, and um, it was pretty hostile, though, really, like mm. literally uh, one of our tests. Uh, we, I think we were winning by. Twenty points and um, tear gas was thrown on to the field because the crowd were getting a bit rowdy and yeah. you know the coppers just threw the tear gas on just to slow them down, just to calm them down. We all we all had to hit the deck, uh, you know, get the the wet wet hand towels and go back into the change rooms It's all calm down so they can you know, cut that game short. And then going back to the vans, uh, the coppers were letting the the dogs go on the, the locals wow. just literally just no muzzle just just chewing at them oh and I'm like oh, okay hell lucky they're on the beetle now eh? yeah. uh, <laughs> <laughs> they but lucky they're numbers, as numb as but very um, really, they just wanted to touch the the people they've seen on TV they just wanted to just want a part of it and it was hostile but it was amazing feeling and representing your country and going to that place and seeing Mm. what effect you've had on that community it was um, it was eye open to me but we weren't allowed out of the the hotel uh, due to hostility so wow but what an experience (laughs) I'll never never forget my first jersey
0: We hope you're enjoying this edition of Andy Raymond Unfiltered. The Legends series drops at the start of your working week. It's in-depth, personal and highlights some of the game's finest from yesteryear. The weekly WODGE drops in time for your weekend. It's full on and the hottest podcast on the market. Why listen to opinions when you can listen to interviews with the stars? And on every episode, you can hear up to a dozen different players and coaches, both past and present, giving their thoughts on the great game. It's fast-paced, full of footy and laughs. It's a must-listen. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast wherever you are listening. That way, you won't miss a thing. Every episode will drop immediately. Before you go, we'd love a five-star rating and review. It's not for ego, it's for business, as we look to expand the unfiltered brand and bring you more. Make sure you come back soon. Legends.